If you don't abide in me, you're not able to produce the fruit that I created you to produce. You as a branch aren't serving your purpose. So in a way, there's no usefulness there. And so Jesus is saying, they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And I believe that is relaying to the pit of hell, the fire of hell. So people who do not believe in Jesus, who do not dwell with Jesus, who do not follow and abide in Christ, and they're not producing fruit, they're not the bride of Christ. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. We made it to episode three in our new wake up series. Man, I'm so stoked for this episode. Today we're going to talk about and go into scripture why it's important to sit in the presence of God and to seek him and how to really do that. So if you're coming on this episode and you're like, you know what? Okay, I get it. I know that God is my source. I know he's a source of of love. I know he's a source of all good things. What does that look like? Like, what does it look like to build a relationship with God? Like on a daily, like tangibles, like what can I do? And why is it so important for me to do that? Like, what is it going to do for me? We're going to go right to scripture and I'm going to share with you truth around this and then really give you what has helped me. Of course, we have the same spirit living on the inside of us if you were a believer and follower of Jesus. So to grow in your relationship with God looks very similar, but there's there also can be like differences, like say with a parent and they have children, right? They of course go into a bonding, like it takes conversation, it takes dialogue to build a relationship, it takes quality time to build a relationship, but one child may love to go shopping, like that was me. She may love to go shopping. And then the other child might love to read or might love to draw or to write. And then another child may love to like do outdoorsy things. And the parent wanting to bond and just come from a place of love for their children, they want to bond with their kids. And how they can bond is by bonding in those things that they were born with, those desires and the, the things that they like. And God place those desires in your heart. He gave you the personality that you have. He gave you your strengths, your gifts, and things that you may not be so strong in. And he knows what's best for you, one. He knows how to talk to you best. You know, the way that I hear from God and feel super close to God in one season may be completely different in another season. And how I feel close and connected to God looks different than how Jamar feels close and connected with God. And so in this journey too, we don't want to judge one another. We don't want to say, okay, this is how you get to the path of connecting with God because you want to leave room for the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not going to come on and say, you do it like X, Y, Z. And like, this is how you're going to build a relationship with God. You really want to hear from him as well. Of course, I'm going to give you things that truly helped me and that I think helps people across the board in their journey. We're going to first dive into why this is important. And, you know, throughout this journey, it can be easy 
easy, like I've said before, to fall back into the world, to fall back into old patterns. And we're going to look in Jesus's words and he's going to share with us why this is so important, why it's so important to sit in God's presence and to seek him daily. Because when you really think about it, think about all the things that you do during your day and how much of those things have you distracted or have you focused on other people or have you focused on the outcome of something or have you focused on money or status or success or whatever it is or getting the house clean like all these things that are of the world think about how much time you dedicate to that and then how much time you dedicate to actually like listening to the spirit actually being led by God's spirit actually hearing wisdom from God and wisdom can come from reading his word and also from sitting and asking God questions like why and how and you know for example how can I grow in this area or what do you want me to know what do you want me to learn what do I need to know in this season and just really asking God questions and allowing him to respond to you. I'm getting ahead of myself, but man, if you don't take anything else from this episode, like that is a thing, like listening, <laughs> like it has to be a dialogue between you and God. It can't just be you going to pray. And it's like, God lead me in this day and help me here and pray for this person and praying for me and praying for peace and yada, yada. And then you say, amen. And then you move on out of that prayer and you move on to doing other things. That is not a dialogue. That is you just talking to God. And that's not you giving him a chance to respond. I can't remember who told me, but somebody told me early in my walk of practice the amount of time that you pray, practice at least giving that amount of time for God to respond. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be sitting there for a freaking minute. (laughs) Because we can get in a place of, you know, praying all these things. We have our list, our laundry list of things to pray for. And then we give God maybe two minutes. I mean, before I didn't give him any time. I just went out of prayer. I thought that was, you know, done deal. Good. I got my prayer in for the day. I read a verse. Like, I'm good. But no, the more that, and we'll move to John, this will be John 15, the more that you, I'm going to use the word abide, because that's the word that Jesus uses, abide in Christ and abide in the spirit. And one thing that I want you to know is that this isn't something that you have to earn. You don't have to earn God's presence. It's a gift. This is a free gift that God gives you when you turn your heart to him. You have access to him at all times. You have access to him at all times. And so just what I'm personally like working on, maybe you're here, maybe you're not, is this is a challenge for me this week is to ask God about the smallest things. I actually got inspired last night at my life group because she was like, you know, I ask God for the smallest things of like, do I need to take my umbrella to work today? And I was like, wow, like that challenges me and that makes me want to try that. Just simple terms like try that. I'm going to try that out this week. Like I'm going to do that and I'm going to be expecting God to speak to me, you know? Anyway, and we're going to John 15 and it talks about Jesus being the vine. And I'm sure you've heard this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. And his followers are the branches. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Note also as you're reading that God the father is ahead. And there's Jesus. And then we enter into a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. So in two, he goes to say, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Talking about God the Father. So when you see a capital H, I know you're not looking at it right now, I don't think, but 
capital H, that's he, that's God. He takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Now, what we're going to do is we are going to look up the definition of prune. This may be something that you are experiencing. I'll experience here and there too. We'll go through like these pruning seasons. And this is a part of bearing fruit. This is a part of being a follower and a believer of Jesus. And if you're somebody that's bearing fruit, what is the fruit? The fruit is the fruits of the spirit found in Galatians 5 too. It's joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, self-control. These good things that only the Holy Spirit can produce. The Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. So this pruning process, what is it? Prune, that's not like a pretty process, okay? So it says the definition is to cut away, reduce the extent of something by removing unwanted parts. Another definition, cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. All right, let's pause there. God tells you that you're going to go through a pruning process, especially if you're somebody that desires to produce fruit, you desire to produce joy, patience, kindness, all these good things. You have to go through a pruning process. So you don't just get to the good without going through the stripping phase. So that may be stripping away people, stripping away habits, stripping away your thought patterns, stripping away things that you are intaking through your ears or through your eyes. So God's going to take you through the stripping and you'll, you'll probably notice that friends will start to fall away. You'll probably notice that people that you were like sisters to brothers to people that you're really close to, they fall away. And it's because God has to take you through the pruning process to get you to the other side. Another example, not just people, but things may start to, and this is like where I'm at. I feel like things start to come to life and things like trigger you, trigger certain emotions in you and trigger ugly areas in you. And you get into this feeling of like, oh, why do I feel this way? Or like, why did I react that way? Or where is this coming from? And God is exposing these parts of you. He's taking you through this pruning process. He will strip you from things that no longer serve you. And in the moment going through it, it's going to be painful and it's not going to be fun. It's not like going to get coffee with your girlfriend's fun. No, this is like I'm having my head down and I'm like sometimes alone or sometimes in a season of my life where I am feeling this pain, but it all has a purpose and it's for you to produce more fruit. It goes on into three. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So that's a truth that I want you to know. You are clean because of the word which I've spoken to you because Jesus is the Messiah, because he came to save you. He's to save the world. And here's a command. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. All right, let's look at the definition of abide. What does abide mean? One definition, accept or act in accordance with a rule, decision, or recommendation. So accepting truth, accepting Jesus's words, accepting what you read in the Bible, accepting truth, or acting in accordance with, because honestly, when you truly accept something and you understand something, your actions will follow. Like I accept that I am a wife. I act as such. 
So I do believe there's definitely layers to that. Like you can accept truth. Like I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but you can also ask yourself, am I acting in accordance with that truth? And so abiding is accepting or acting in accordance with that you are the bride of Christ, accepting the truth that Jesus did die for your sins, accepting the truth that the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. And another definition is, has in parentheses, of a feeling or memory, continue without fading or being lost. So how can that relate? Abiding in Jesus, you go out every single day throughout your day and you continue walking as if you know who you are in Christ, as if you know that you are saved and that you are forgiven and that you have gifts that he has given you directly from heaven to act those things out and to strengthen those things and to love other people. Continue without fading or being lost. So what does that mean in like real life? That means when things come at you sideways or when somebody's being rude to you or you have somebody betray you or you're hurt by somebody, like really deeply hurt, things aren't going according to plan and you're just like maybe in a valley. You continue without fading or being lost in the word of God. You continue and you stand on the foundation of the truth that I have a God that loves me and he is leading me through this, that I'm going through this for a purpose and a reason. And I'm going through this because he is pruning me for something better. And so you stand on those promises when you are abiding in Jesus. In five, Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That definitely convicts me because how many times do we throughout our day make decisions on the fly? Like, oh yeah, I got this or I don't need God for this decision or you feel like you know better, right? You feel like you know better. But in the truth, the truth is from apart from me, you can do nothing. And so what that looks like for me personally on a day is I have to spend time with God when I wake up in the morning. I have to get in the presence of God and I have to abide in him. I have to worship him. I have to, these are tangibles that you can do to really get in the presence of God or that I do. And I worship him and I sing my own song to him. And I I really sing from the heart. I don't just repeat song lyrics, but I will put on a song and I'll just, you know, start off worshiping and I'll give myself space in the creative space really to just like worship him from the heart it's just like whether you were sharing how much you loved your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse how much you love them from like a book what somebody else wrote to their spouse or friend versus what came from truly their heart and so the same thing too and I've found that whenever I do that it's like me and God like I'm really focused on God and praising him for what he's done and who he is to me. That's how I feel like I can abide in him. Like I get my cup filled directly by God. And that's the same with also reading the word. Like when I'm reading scripture, I'm getting filled with truth because throughout my day, I'm going to get bombarded with things that aren't true. So how can I know and deflect lies if I don't know what truth says? So how can I go and be the strong and courageous and bold woman of God, bride of Christ that he's called me to be if I don't first fill my mind and my heart with his promises and with truth? I won't be able to defeat the enemy because I'm not equipped. 
So that is what I feel like Jesus is saying here. This this battlefield that we're on, I truly believe everything is spiritual and we will not be able to win the war unless we get filled with the spirit. We can't fight spiritual things without spiritual weapons. And in 6, Jesus goes on to say, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So that got, like, really real. He basically is saying, if you don't abide in me, you cannot do anything. Because he just said, you cannot do anything apart from me. So if you don't abide in me, you're not able to produce the fruit that I created you to produce, you as a branch aren't serving your purpose. So in a way, there's no usefulness there. And so Jesus is saying, they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And I believe that is relaying to the pit of hell, the fire of hell. So people who do not believe in Jesus, who do not dwell with Jesus, who do not follow and abide in Christ, and they're not producing fruit, they're not the bride of Christ. Therefore, they're not living their purpose here. And in seven, Jesus goes on to say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, how do I know? I'm just saying that, it's a little scary. How do I know that I'm actually abiding in Christ? Well, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So I believe if you're abiding in Christ, his words will abide in you. His words as in his truth, the words that you're reading, the Bible. And so if you're reading the word, you're getting filled with the word you're getting filled with truth and he's saying this is like a promise ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you god is a god that wants to bless you that wants to give you good gifts he's your father in heaven i just think about the verse of your earthly parents your earthly father think about the gifts that he wants to give you the good gifts that he wants to give you and how much more your father in heaven wants to give you good gifts And then in eight, Jesus says, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So being Jesus's disciple isn't just saying, yes, Jesus, I believe in you and I accept you into my life, but your life doesn't change and doesn't look any different. Jesus is saying, prove to be my disciples. So doing that by action, because you cannot please God without faith and faith without works is dead. And so I said this on a previous episode, but your actions will follow your faith and what you truly believe. And I'll end with nine, just as the father has loved me. And thinking about the father loving Jesus and Jesus having to go to the cross, you would think, oh my gosh, that's not love. But think about the purpose behind that. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. All of that, that sacrifice, it was all in love. God definitely had to be wounded and hurt and weeping to watch his son be crucified on the cross and Jesus to cry out to him, take this cup from me, but if it's not your will, allow your will to be done. God had to have had sorrow, but there was a victory on the other side. And so we can look at that and when we're going through something and it seems like God might not be with us, it seems like God is not there, that he's forgotten about us. And it's easy to to feel that way sometimes. Even Jesus felt that way. But what did Jesus do in, in that instance of literally cry out to God and said, why have you forsaken me because he was going through so much pain but he continued to stand on the promise 
and the truth of God. He didn't allow what was happening in the physical world, his physical circumstances to influence his belief and faith in God. Yes, he had, I would say like a doubt, a doubt of God, like you, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me here to suffer? But Jesus, despite the doubt, he went back to what he knew the truth of God and the truth of God's character and the promise and the victory that God had for him on the other side. And so for you in your current circumstance, you have to, like, that's why I believe this is saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. You have to really have this heart of abiding in Christ because that's where you get strength. That's where you get boldness. That's where you get confidence. That's where you get equipped. And that's where you are able to bear much fruit the fruits of the spirit. And those fruits, I really believe that's what gives you favor. I mean, thinking about people with so much joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control, like they are diligent in their work. They are loving. They are joyful. Like they have, in a sense, like if I see somebody like that, I'm like, I want what you got. Like, what are you taking? And you become that person just by abiding in Christ. And what's the purpose of all this? I want you to turn to Mark or note if you're driving, Mark 11, 12 through 14. And so this is Jesus entering Jerusalem with his disciples. And it says, on the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. Jesus became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. And I won't turn there, but later in the scripture, the disciples saw when they passed it again that the fig tree shriveled up and it died. It was true what Jesus had said. Nobody would ever eat fruit from that fig tree again. How this is relating to us, and like I said before, like the trees being symbolic of humans. So what do we want as believers and followers of Jesus? We want Jesus to find us fruitful. Noting that Jesus became hungry, right? Because he was 100% man, 100% God. He became hungry. And when the scriptures talk about, and Jesus says this, when you deny somebody in need, when you deny the poor, you are denying me. So we want Jesus to find us fruitful. And Jesus represents the people who are the needy, who are poor, who are in need of our resources and our fruits. Are those people going to find you fruitful or are they going to find you fruitless? In other words, are those people going to find you useful or useless? And so how do you want Jesus to find you? Do you want Jesus to find you bearing much fruit or going through a a season of bearing much fruit, of going through that pruning process? You're on the journey. You're on the path of bearing much fruit. Is he going to find you faithful and fruitful? Because I believe that process of pruning is fruitful. That is considered a fruitful process. Or is he going to find you barren, bearing no fruit? going to find you in your shame and your anger and your hate because you can take the opposite of the fruits of the spirit. So the opposite of love is hate. Is he going to find you in hate, joy, I would say anger or lack of gratitude, peace. Is he going to find you like anxious, trying to control the outcome just without peace? Is he going to find you impatient? Is he going to find you mean, rude, unkind? Is he going to find you evil, wicked? (laughs) And how you know and comparing wickedness to righteousness, and that's all throughout Proverbs. So in Proverbs 28, he talks about the difference between the wicked and the righteous. And just 
a couple of examples. It says in Proverbs 28, 13, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. What's that saying? That's saying he who conceals his sin and does not bring it to God, does not confess his sin, but holds it in will not prosper. You will not bear fruit from that. But he who confesses and forsakes their sin, he who confesses and turns away from their sin, will find compassion in God. He's a compassionate God. You won't find that anger in him. That's just one example. Another one down in verse 19. He who tills the land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. So is the work that you're doing, is it producing good fruit? Is it, are you using the resources to make a difference, to serve the kingdom of God, which serving the kingdom of God is serving the poor and serving the needy and serving the people who need to hear about Jesus and to feel his love all throughout. I mean, you can totally go to Proverbs and read it on your own. There's so many differences between, okay, how do I know I'm walking in wickedness or my heart's wicked? Because we can deceive ourselves. We're so good at coming up with excuses and and deceiving ourselves. And I'm going to say the things that I read in Proverbs, there's things that I lean more towards the wicked side than the righteous side. None of us are going to be perfect in that. But whenever we see that, and it's important for us to go and to to seek and to search so we can be on this constant journey of progression and being better and walking more more in holiness and holiness not as in like holier than thou but holy as in set apart from the world because that is what truly changes people it's seeing people who are being led by the spirit and who do not look like the world but being people who do not look like they're a part of this world but they're on a whole different level I mean I know for me and when I see people like I'm like give me a dose of what you have like what what do you know that I need to know And so just ending with tangibles, how to put this into action. I shared one earlier, like worship, being in a state of worship. And you you can do this by just getting in a state of gratitude, like find a couple of songs, like a song that I love right now is Miracle by Mosaic. I always lean to different songs in different seasons, but it just gets me there. Like it gets me in a place of gratefulness and gratitude of what Jesus did and like in awe of his character and who he is. And I think that is really what helps me enter into that 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 true worship is like, oh my gosh, God, I am so grateful for who you are. You are this amazing God and yet you came and you did an act of true devotion and love in my sin. You knowing all the sin that I was gonna do, all the things that I was gonna walk in that were so unpleasing to you, that made you weep, that made you mourn, that made you grieve. And even knowing that you still chose me, you chose to love me and you chose to save me. Getting in a place of that true gratitude for God. It's like, you can't help but to worship him and to praise him. And I would say really doing it in your own words. And so taking yourself to that place. Another thing too, is giving him time to respond to you. And you don't not have to do it in this order, like whatsoever, just allow the spirit to lead you and to know, like, this is what helps me like get there. But I, I enter into worship and I just go into prayer And sometimes it'll look different. Like sometimes I'll pray first, like pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and then 
enter into worship and then read the word. But sometimes I'll like go to the word and thank God for the word he's given me. So it can look different, but that's really like the three things that I do is I enter into true worship and I pray to the Lord and I listen. I I sit back and I listen. And one thing that if you're somebody that's really wanting to learn to discern his voice, ask him questions and wait for the answer and start to journal these things, start to journal what you are hearing from God. Because for a time, like I would question like, is that really God or is that my own voice? And we can talk about this in another episode, but I would just write out what I felt like he was saying. And I could go back and I could, you know, pray about it. And I could see like, is this idea, is this concept or is this instruction being brought up again? And that's a confirmation of, okay, I know that was from God, or he will sometimes send people to me to confirm with me, send me witnesses to confirm with me, or the message that I hear will confirm with me like, oh my gosh, God, you were just talking to me about this. Okay, like I hear you, I see you. Just giving God that space to speak directly to your heart. And when I say speak, I mean like you'll have a knowing. People will call it intuition or gut feeling of this is God talking to me. And then reading his word. I mean, all the scriptures we were saying, it all goes back to how do you abide in him? You abide in him by knowing you're not going to stray away from his word, from what he's told you. And how do you do that? You have to fill yourself with the word of God. You can't just pray and worship and not be in the word. You have to get in the word of God to fill your mind and your heart with promises. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit will recite and bring to your remembrance things that you have learned and things that you've read in the word. The Holy Spirit can't do that unless you have been in the word and you've filled your your heart with truth. So I'd say those three things, real worship, in prayer, listen to God and being in the word. And then the fourth thing I would say, getting around spirit filled people. And this is so big. This is literally what completely changed. And I would say like, accelerated my relationship is getting involved in life groups with people who are filled with the spirit, getting involved in church and not not saying you don't have to go and serve, but getting involved like in groups, like smaller groups of people to where it's more intimate and you can have real discussions. I truly believe that's like real church where you can just be and do life together and build these relationships that you probably need in your life. If you're coming from your old season, your old self, where you were hanging out with these other people that don't really know God and that aren't walking with, with the Lord and that truth isn't being said from their lips, you have to have have a group of people that can help you walk out as a person that God created you to be. So I just challenge you to do that this week. And I'd love to hear like how it changes your week and how you hear from God. If you want to share, feel free to shoot me an Instagram message. I would love to really hear how it changes your week and how you hear from the Lord. So I just want to pray over you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for every ear listening, God, every heart open, Lord. And I want to thank you, Lord, for bringing these people to this episode to hear your truth, Lord. I pray, God, that the seeds that you've planted will sprout and grow and produce a harvest, Lord. And I pray that if anybody is going through a pruning season, Lord, that you just show them, God, that they can trust you, Lord. And I pray that they stand and rest in the promises that you've 
already said in your word, Lord, that they can walk out their life in this journey, Lord, with full confidence and boldness and courageousness in who they are, Lord. And I just pray, God, that that your spirit leads them on their path. And I pray, God, that whoever is in the place of they're, they're not seeing the fruit produce. They're caught up in the world, Lord. I pray that you just release them from that. You release them from the bondage, God. And I just pray for their heart to turn and to just sit in humility and in reverence and in love to you and just who you are. Not even like what you can do for them, but just in reverence to who you are, Lord. And I just pray for the hearts to surrender to what you want to do, to your presence, to your plan. And I pray that they walk out this week just in full knowing of who you've called them to be in Christ, to touch the lives and the people around us, God, because that's what it's about. And that's why you created us. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.